There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, it's Stephen Kane here from Glasgow, and you're listening to Ben Baptiste Questions Everything. My question is, is it fair to make gingers work in this hot weather we've been having? Okay, here comes the show, and remember, question everything. Hello everybody, welcome to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, a podcast where myself, comedian, writer and occasional actor Dane Baptiste, my producer friend Howard Cohen, aka The Hizzer. Oh, hello, hello. And a mix of very special guests pose the questions that need to be asked. And we are talking everything from... Well, we're talking everything from Stephen from Glasgow's question, is it fair to make gingers work in hot weather, Dane? Well, uh, it's very specific. <laughs> it's very specific. I would say, Stephen, it, I think it's fair to make them work in hot weather, but not because they're ginger. Also, <laughs> I would <laughs> I would stress that, you know, um, <laughs> if you are opposed to people being forced to work in harsh uh, conditions like hot weather, i got a whole family tree to show you, bro. So <laughs> I was about to say, where do you want to go, Stephen? Which part yeah. of doom do you want, Stephen? Yeah. Which also, which would also include your ancestors as well. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's fair to make anybody work. Yeah. So my answer is, I don't think it's fair to force anybody to work against their will. Gingers and also the anagram for gingers <laughs> included. And so. suffice to say, <laughs> suffice to say, on this podcast, we ask and answer all of the questions, and fairly politely, I would say as well. Absolutely. And if you do like the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify and you'll never miss an episode. Or subscribe to us on Acast, the world's biggest podcast network, where you can hear all the very special questions being answered by our very special guests. With that being said, on today's show is an award-winning presenter. He's presented shows on BBC Radio 1 Extra, Capital Radio, BBC and CBBC. He was also the lead presenter on international tech show How Hacks Work. In 2016, he launched the award-winning entertainment podcast How to Kill an Hour alongside Funk Butcher. It has since grown into a platform creating content around the best ways to kill time. And he also has a new podcast out with our homeboy, Kay Kerr, the inaugural guest on Question Everything about their lack of general knowledge, which is very amazing. I recommend you check it out. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Marcus Brunzi. Thank you for a fabulous intro, Dane. Thanks, yeah. Howard. Welcome. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you very much. Happy to be on the podcast. I want to say shout out to all my gingers out there. I see you suffering. It's hard times. It used to be the thing in the Victorian times. That's how you knew if somebody was well-to-do because they wouldn't have any sunburn because they wouldn't work. So they'd, look, they'd have a real alabaster complexion and be pale. Mm. But then it changed when international travel became a thing where obviously you'd be seen to be more wealthy if you were darker because it would be indicative that you've travelled and seen the sun other places. Mm. And uh, that's why you get these leathery expats in Balearics these days. That is some serious knowledge, Dane. Uh, impressive. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I know a few, I know a few gingers. <laughs> One of my best friends has a friend who knows a ginger guy. And... Uh, <laughs> 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 but no, I, I think it was, it was an interesting question and, and hold tight to all my gingers out there from your regent, Prince Harry, 
all the way down to Ron Weasley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd say, gingers, yeah. Gingers everywhere. Yeah. Do, do you cope well in the heat, Marcus? I love warm weather, but I think it's it's a different kind of warm in the UK when it's warm, isn't it? Look at us talking about the weather like typical yeah. British people. But when it. I'm on holiday, I love the heat. I'm in the sun. Obviously, I, I wear, listen, I wear my factor in the sun as well. I don't want to have leathery skin. You know, I want to maintain these this, this uncracked look for as long as possible. But uh, when I'm here in the UK, I have a real bad relationship with weather. I don't mind hot. I don't mind cold. I don't like inconsistency. And the thing about UK weather is today I left the house in shorts and a hoodie. And when I went to the gym before this recording, it was kind of chilly outside. When I came out, it was blaring sun. And I feel like I don't, I don't want to live in a part of the world where I need sunglasses, an umbrella, uh, a rain mat, yeah. shorts. I, I, I just want consistency. That's what I want. England has like a weird like... I'm looking for is it's not your it's a weather pattern we have the weather system which kind of works like the backseat of like a Ford Scorpio from like the 1980s <laughs> no like the old school cars like when it's cold it's blitzing yeah. in that car the choker's going you're trying to get the heat up that's what England's like it's like when it's kind of cold it's like so ridiculously cold mm. and I can't breathe mm. and then when it's hot it's like unbearable yeah. travelling with livestock hot and then yeah. every now oh. and again somewhere like you know it'd be like April the 28th and then mm. we'll get nice weather and no one predicted it I would point out that if you want a consistent weather, you're probably on the wrong planet from now on. So um, good luck, everyone. There used to to be some consistency, Howard. The meteorology used to make some sense, right? All fucked. It's all fucked. Welcome to the end. I mean, Um, I saw saw a fire tornado on my... my, I was looking at uh, Instagram and they've been issuing weather warnings in America for a fire tornado. Cool. That's like... Honestly, should the three of us start a band called the Fire yeah. Tornadoes? Because that's I a think, fucking great band. If it doesn't exist already, but they were yeah. like, it's not even the first time there's been a Fire Tornado. Yeah. I think it's this. I think between Fire Tornadoes, Hurricane Ida, plus Murder Hornets and Locusts, it's like, Americans, do you mm. still think that God likes you? Because I feel like, <laughs> this is like, when, the only plague that's missing is the streets running, is, is the uh, rivers turning red. Yeah. And... I'm pretty sure there's probably a river in the States which does run red because of someone trying to get rid of some kind of iodine. So <laughs> yep. we're not too far off. How many more plagues? What I'm trying to say is America is let my people go. <laughs> you see? <laughs> that that lineup of plagues though, Dane, that sounded like a festival lineup, you know. I was like, <laughs> yeah, well, that yeah. sounds like that is a real rockers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you see the, the locusts? locusts. <laughs> the <Hornets>. <laughs> <laughs> did you see the locusts in the dance tent, yeah? Yeah. 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 Yeah, oh no, I'm seeing Fire Tornado later. They're sick. <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret gig. Uh, you've got to get exactly. a bit of the pass. Um, it's probably time for a question, isn't it, Dane, as the format of this show tends to dictate? And, uh, absolutely. Uh, as our very esteemed guest, Mr. Marcus Bronzy, we invite you to ask our first question. Any question you would like, of course, which you'd like to discuss for 15 minutes or some change, then how would I like to pose a question for you, which we'd all like to discuss. And then I would like to do the same, lather, rinse, repeat, and uh, then we go on to live our lives and you can tell our good listeners where they can find out more about your good works. How does that sound? Certainly, that sounds great. So is am I, do I go first then? Yeah, Absolutely. guest first, guest first. Okay then. Right, guys. So this is kind of one that's been an ongoing conversation that I've had with a few mates kind of over the last few months. And I don't, I don't feel like I have the answer. If we can get closer to it by the end of this segment, I'll be really happy. But it's basically, do we control social media or ultimately does social media control us? Ah. <laughs> what a like brilliant it. question. Great question. Because <laughs> oh, I'll be honest question. with you, this morning I woke up 
And without even realizing it, the first thing I did was pop on the gram and had a little look to see what was going around. And I don't know whether that was 100% my choice, 90% my choice, or 80% my choice, because it happened. That's, that's how I started my day. Before Dane downloads some serious uh, heavies on this, on this one, because he's got, I know he's got many. What, what kind of do you feel, Marcus? Do you feel that it has you under control at times? So I have a very unique relationship, like I believe we all do with social media. So I'm, I, I have an interest in tech. Obviously, you mentioned the How to Kill an Hour podcast where you look for new ways to kill time. We, we lean into the technology side of ways to kill time. So we're always having this conversation. So I'm hyper aware that everything I do on social media has an effect on an algorithm of sorts. I mean, even now recently, at the time of recording this, uh, WhatsApp, aka Facebook, has been fined for sharing its data with another Facebook company, uh, Instagram, <laughs> 225 <laughs> mil, which is, isn't, isn't very much for them, a bit of a slap on the wrist. That's but like I'm a very weekend of advertising for them. That's nothing. <laughs> exactly, good press. That's no, it's great press. press. It's like a weekend of advertising. There's nothing to them. <laughs> Um, that's hilarious so um could you imagine mark gets the call he's like 225 mil oh yeah that's all right what do they want to take it cash or should we just do exactly you know, just probably just, um, just go find them just go in the basement and get yeah. a box yeah 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 give me bitcoin yeah but, yeah so um personally my relationship with social media is i'm very hyper aware of that so i think i deliberately type try to create a bit of separation so uh, and i'm not trying to trying to dig at people who share a lot on social or or some say overshare but I feel like I'm somebody who what you see of me on social media is is definitely me. It's 100 percent me. Um, it's what I'm doing. But I'm very aware that I don't want to push put too much of myself into the algorithm because I don't want it to kind of get me. And if you're thinking that this sounds really kooky when you listen to this, like I'm sure after Dane and, and Howard speak, you're gonna know that a lot of what I'm saying now isn't isn't like kooky crazy stuff. This is actual factual stuff. Like, you know, when we're on social media, the amount of time you look at a picture. Uh, if you go back and look at something after liking it, that kind of data is is saved all the time and mm -hmm. it feeds into this massive algorithm that ultimately its job is to keep you on that social media platform or its cousins for as long as possible. I tell you what, just before Dane, Dane's on his on the starter's gun, ready to go. But it's like, <laughs> I was going to say one thing is just that the... Uh, the, at some point in the in the history of the social media account of Dane Baptiste questions everything, which you can find us at DBQE Pod, um, it, um, I got asked to share a, a thing about someone who had a family member who was really sick, mm -hmm. um, and so we shared it because why wouldn't we? Um, Dane, you wouldn't know this because you uh, you know I log into the account a lot of the time mm -hmm. to use it, and um, every time I log into the account, uh, I am given uh, people whose family members are dying. Uh, as part of the algorithm that they have given us, which is slightly fucking mental and 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 and, and obviously quite controlling of my mind, uh, which is slightly disturbing. But but Dane, come on, man, like let's go. Like yeah, no, I you, mean, where do you feel? How do you feel? Yeah, I I I feel it's a really good question because um, yeah, it's really a kind of really about that duality about whether it does control us and how much we control and. In many ways, yeah, it's a larger question about our free will. I think in some cases, like when you said today, where you you woke up and just had a look, I think some of that can be down to you. Yeah, it's now become a part, natural part of your routine because social media is, um, it's, its purpose is, like as well as being a way of potentially networking or connecting with people, it's also become one of the most primary news sources. So normally, like when you want to find out what's going on in the world when you wake up, 
even no, even the smallest thing like the weather itself, you're gonna use social you're gonna use your phone to do that. And then social media will and obviously through their algorithms and through their studying of patterns of behavior, they can suggest stuff at the time. So in the morning you might not think because your phone's waking you up as well. That's the problem is that the phone works as the gadget, which is like the omnipotent gadget, mm-hmm. which is always going to drive you towards social media. So it's kind of like a yeah, unholy union because you wake up and turn your alarm off. You wake up, check your weather, or check the weather. You wake up to, um, you know, check if there's the lanes on the train. And while that happens, you're leaving yourself predisposed for social media to get you. And then um, I would say that it varies depending on... Um, I think it varies from person to person. I think, like I said, I can use social media as a tool and it can be a very effective one. A, because working within a medium where there's a certain level of anthropology to doing comedy is that you can very quickly find out by, what, by what's trending. It's a way, great way of finding out what is current and what's topical as a comic. And then by that same token, being able to gauge people's responses to it, you can definitely measure the pulse of society through using social media. But I think the better way to describe social media is that I guess it's like fire in that when humans discovered fire, they realized they could keep their houses warm and they could heat their food. But then fire can also burn you and burn down houses and destroy stuff. And I think social media is very similar in that its danger and the drawbacks are based on how it's being used by people that use it. So I think it can control us because for a start, algorithms, as you said, like if you mention something, your phone hears it, then social media advertising will begin to orientate towards the conversations that you're having. If you have them, um, it also, they can kind of measure your mood and stuff as well. So like you said, if you start giving your ghost to the machine and allowing it to read your behavior, like if you react quite emotionally to certain types of news, or if you uh, like you're angry, for example, then it's become a very effective method of polarizing people online as well. And I think at the very extremes, social media can control us to the point of, uh, really cyber warfare manipulation, as we saw with like, you know, Russian collusion with the elections and with Brexit and stuff like that as well. It's funny you should say that, Dane, because you kind of leaned into what I kind of wanted to throw at both yourself and Howard as a second part of this a second part of this question. Two part, huh? I hit you with it, didn't tell you. Nice, um, nice, but, nice. Um, basically, <laughs> but basically with long form content as well, it can also have the same effect as social media. Because when I say social media, a lot of people don't think of YouTube or even us doing mm-hmm. podcasts as social media, but... I recently, uh, uh, I read an article and, and listened to a podcast um, called, called Darknet Diaries. Um, and it was about a gentleman who started off watching a mainstream live interview podcast, which I'm sure it's an American one, which lots of American people like. I'm sure you know which one that is. Mm-hmm. And this said gentleman had a guest on his podcast who was, let's say, an alt-right person, uh, mm-hmm. t- to say the least. They're hard and to find, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite a regular guest on type of guest on this man's show. And they actually downloaded his his YouTube history and found that he went on a journey after watching that guest into researching more about that guest on YouTube and the algorithm kept feeding him more of this guest and it mm. and this is a this is just one case. I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to demonize the internet. Sure. But, um and I love social media. I just want to say that as well. But he actually went on this downward spiral where he was actually radicalized. And and you know, I've followed this story of this gentleman being radicalized and then kind of realizing where he wasn't coming out of it. And I just think that that's it's interesting that there's this algorithm there that the people have created that they don't even know you know, the, the guys behind these algorithms don't even know how they work. If you ask them, they no. really can't tell. No. Um, and and they can have these really adverse effects on us. I I yeah. think that, I mean, it, it's, 
It's interesting listening to you both talk because I think you're both highly intelligent people. You know, Marcus, we don't know each other well, but you're clearly a very thoughtful man. And I don't think the world is. I think the world is not very thoughtful. And therefore, and that's not a criticism of, hey, listeners, I'm sure many of you, well, I'd like to think you're mildly thoughtful to be listening to this kind of show. Mm. Um, but like, or, or, well, by thoughtful, I suppose what I'm trying to say is kind of, uh, thinking, um, we're trying to have perspective on your existence. Let's call it that, right? You're trying to have perspective on your existence and how it impacts the world and all the rest. So um, kind of slightly more uh, belligerently uh, than than you've both been, I'm going to say, fuck yes, the fucking <laughs> social media is controlling us, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm coming out now. I look, what is it? It's, you know, we're in September 2021. I'm coming out. If someone's getting behind stopping this shit, right? As in like, I know it's a bit of a sad thought to everyone to go, yeah, Twitter and um, Instagram and Facebook and uh, all these things, as you know, it are going to end. We're going to end them because actually they're really fucking us up, right? I'm behind that. I'm going to tell you now. I'm going to hide it. It may be that there's a version of those platforms that was created for businesses and entrepreneurs. So like Marcus Dane, like your, your businesses, your income mm-hmm. is dictated partly by using those platforms. I think there could be another iteration of those platforms that allow, just like, for example, do you remember when you used to look in Time Out magazine and you might read something about someone like Marcus or Dane and you'd be like, oh, they're interesting. I might go and look at more of their stuff. Like, you don't need it fed to you 24 hours a day. And because we're being fed it 24 hours a day, I think we're now in a situation where we have lost complete perspective on its impact. That's my personal take. But but that's that's because, but then... Could you not compare that same experience to how much TV is affected? I just think, you know, in terms of social media, the aspects of social media you're referring to where we use algorithms, like the research into uh, human psychology to motivate sales and commerce mm. has been going on before even social media, and, like the and, whole and work of Edward Bernays, for example. I tell you what the big difference is, mate, and, and, and this is not to say, like, mm-hmm. you're wrong. You're not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just kind of trying to make a difference maker between those, those things of television and cinema and you know, wherever you go. Billboards is, I believe, it is, it is largely your choice to consume those things. Mm. I think the social media thing has skewed our brains into thinking, hey, go on this thing. It's all about you and telling everyone how basically fucking great you are and how much you're bringing to the world. But at the same time, what it does is play on all your insecurities, all your weaknesses, and at the same time, feed you all the shit that you maybe don't need and completely distorts what your entire purpose of your life is. We should fucking end it all. Yeah, which, which, yeah, exactly. <laughs> which, which is exactly, exactly, Howard. But you know, Howard, that doesn't sound. That sounds like you know the endeavor of any capitalist pursuit is to have you isolated. Yeah. Use methods. Well, you're about of, to call me a communist. <laughs> no, no, no. Using using methods of shame and uh, you know, and um, then being able to motivate commerce because I feel like one of the main things that have uh, the, the the most recent trend I've seen, which is most concerning, is you see how Instagram moved their like button up. And then move the shopping bag button down yeah. in the same place that it used to be. And so, what I'm saying, Howard, is that yeah, it does. It's, it's, it, it controls us, but I think it's been a part of a program of monitoring and understanding human behavior with the help of these algorithms um, for commercial purposes. Because I mean, look at China. Look at that place in China where basically every move you do 
you know, the, you know, the, I can't remember the name of the city. Apologies to anyone yeah, who yeah. actually know what I'm talking about. But like, everyone's every, calling it the Black Mirror City because of the yeah, reference yeah. To, the, yeah. to the Black Mirror episode and, that Charlie Brooker wrote when he was predicting yeah. the future again. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> basically, Charlie, yeah, Brooker, Charlie, Charlie Brooker. I'm, I'm waiting for him to come out as a time traveler to say, "Look, yeah, guys, exactly. look, yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. there. It's all fucked up. That's why I'm here with you guys, <laughs> and I'm just here for a laugh because you don't want to know what it's like in 200 years. Yeah, Let's yeah, just yeah. not go there. All right, that's. Sounds plausible to me. <laughs> <laughs> when he's on his show, you yeah, got when he's on his show, you got, yeah, yeah, oh, there you go, it. Charlie. You're welcome on any time. Um, what I mean, what an amazing question that is now, and I, I and I, I, I don't think we can really get through it on this show, Marcus, because I think you've got so many levels to it, mate. All right. Well, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say after this conversation with you guys. Just for a sense, small sense of closure, I feel like it is in control of us more than we're in control of it at the moment. So I'm saying it's quite worrying as well because with the algorithms, I think the large the large issue with me with social media is that because it's got algorithms and it's essentially artificial intelligence, all of its effects are only being measured quantitatively. If that makes sense, so it means when something is suggested by an algorithm, if it if the algorithm's endeavour is to maybe increase engagement, for example. So if engagement or page impressions or visitors to a page and stuff increase, that's just marked as a success. What's exactly. not measured is how that affects people's minds and what's, how that affects them. Because the thing about algorithms that's as well is that... That's not important. That's not important to the algorithm. The algorithm doesn't give a fuck about that. Well, it's, it? not about, it's not But the thing is, algorithms don't really... As far as we're aware, it doesn't really have any kind of moral disposition. Its, it's job is just to measure yeah. by numbers. The problem with that being, though, because it's just doing its job, but the problem with that being, though, is that, like I said, if it does let send you down a, a, a rabbit path, and that means that your mindset changes in a certain way, all an algorithm do, will do is provide that service of mm. serving you what you want to hear. So really, it's down to other human beings where it's like, we now have a tangible uh, I suppose a, a tangible um, being or a tangible phenomenon in terms of artificial intelligence, which can, yeah, control us by feeding your ego or feeding yeah. whatever parts. There's, and, and, if, and the reason for that is that there's probably, there are aspects of the human mind which we don't really discuss overtly or as a part of like you know conventional discussions which algorithms are probably affecting on a subconscious level that we don't even know about yet and that's, and that's, and that's, that's the thing is that like it's the because I, I mean because algorithms can be used to do stuff like you know they've, they've got like olden day pictures and they can make them move slightly and stuff like that they can be used so yeah. positively but it's like the fact that we are only using them to map human consciousness for the purpose of commerce is the real issue i'd say is controlling us because surely you'd be able to work out people's mindsets like, if you can work out what can push people to become racist, I'm sure you can work out with algorithms how to, you know, un- to promote some level of unlearning. But then the question is, like you said, Marcus, how much are we willing to give to uh, of our ghosts to the machine? So I, w- I want to dovetail it and wrap up how to be like, it can control us. So what I want to ask the audience is, whenever you go on social media, it always asks you the same question. What are you thinking? And maybe we need to ask ourselves, I'll be asking the question back. Why should I be telling you? I don't even know you, Brev. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> a little bit. Thanks, guys. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f***? are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, today, my question is uh, as often inspired by uh, our guest, uh, our guest, Marcus, who uh, is behind the, uh, uh, the How to Kill an Hour uh, podcast and platform uh a lot about killing time right marcus yeah yeah so um that's a I big thing wanted, I, yeah it's a very finite thing so i thought yeah we'd uh we'd, we'd investigate that anyway sorry well my 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 question is simple as this because i'm a man who's definitely got some fucking knowledge of killing time what are some of the stupidest ways that you've ever killed time we'll go to marcus first but i I definitely have some fucking winners here i reckon okay so i'm just glad that i wasn't around when social media was uh, well i I was around when social media wasn't as rife as it is now because i think some of the stupidest ways i've killed time have definitely been between the ages of 15 and 20 and i'm glad that no one will ever see those. They're not digitally saved anywhere. But um, I think... With, 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 he says wiping sweat from his brow laughing nervously. But um, some of the stupidest ways that I have killed time. Wow. It's interesting as well, because I start thinking about being a child, right? And then there yeah. were tons of stupid shit ways. And then as an adult, it's more embarrassing because you're like, I should be better than this. Do you know what? I think for me, it's it's really trivial ways I waste time. So for example, going all the way to the office after preparing my lunch the night before and realizing that my lunch is still at home. Do I <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> go home angrily because I've made this lunch? I've, done, why, I've, I've saved myself money and time. Do I go home and collect this lunch, waste this time, walk back? And like I said, I've walked to the office and it's all cold and I've worn my warm jacket. Is my journey home now? Am I going to be bathed in sunlight? Am I going to be all hot and sweaty by the time I get home, pick up my lunch, yeah. come to the office? I'm an hour late. I'm angry now. Am I going to do that? That's, mm. that's a way that I wasted you, a many, you, you know, many an hour. You know, you're just sweaty like a convict. You're like, ah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're not, you're not enjoying yourself. So yeah, that, that's yeah. the way that I, I have that's definitely a, wasted some time. It's a great one. I think it's a great one. I think it's, it, it's a fascinating question when you start to analyze. I mean, my number one reason, uh, number one answer to this, and Dane probably already knows this because he spent a lot of time with me. For the life of me, I cannot understand why the fuck every day I am reading about the fucking nonsense that is Arsenal Football Club, right? I knew you were going to say that. What the, the, why, why, am I, why am I doing this to myself every day? And the thing is, right, and let me go, let me go, deep, let me go deeper with it, right? Let me go deeper yes. with it. Please do, Howard. It's not about that moment. Like, I don't really watch the games. Like, and you can see fucking good reason at the moment. Why? But yeah. the, I, I just read about what's going on and I sit there and it's usually if I am, I'm not really, uh, I'm not working in my normal job at the moment, but like I can sit and get 20, 30 minutes and just read about it. And I'm sitting there going, why do I care what this man said about the game that he lost yesterday? Like, yeah. why do I care what this I'm man... Trying to, trying to find meaning for the, to the senseless destruction. So I feel like Howard's going to have a lot of energy for this <laughs> Arsenal <laughs> rant because... 
<laughs> Who does well, it at the moment? It, 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 and it's not just about... It's, it's actually not just about Arsenal being shit at the moment. It's actually to do with the fact that... Why, do, why would I think this is a useful use of brain capacity in my mind? Like, and, and, and you follow football, Marcus, right? Yes. Uh, like, um, you, I too feel your pain. Yeah, um, and it, it just seems absolutely pointless. And, and yet, I'm be, I bet I'm one of millions and millions of predominantly men, or not, not, not only men, who, who, who do that. Do you know what, though? You, you think that that's a stupid way to kill time, but at the same time, I think you're, you know, you're, you're, you're giving your, your brain a little bit of junk food. You, you, you're being slightly passive. You're taking in some information and you're not thinking about work. And maybe you need that, because if you spent those 30 minutes focusing on work... Mm. That, yeah, you might be slightly more productive, you know, if you were to look at the numbers, but that you, you might need that little bit of a break. You know, it's like trying to eat healthy all the time. You know, it's yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you, as somebody who's been big, being slim, being, in the, being a little bit of in between, I will tell you for a fact, when you have a little bit of junk food or a little bit of bad food whilst you're eating well, it almost, it feels like it helps your momentum. Yes. It helps you to continue. It's like, you know, you, we have weekends for a reason which I know Dane has a, has a, a very uh, a complex reason why we have weekends specifically. But, you know, the reason we have weekends is because we need a break because we can't do seven days a week. And maybe yeah. that 30 minutes of you watching Arsenal is equivalent to somebody watching EastEnders on Christmas Day. It makes you feel sad. Yeah. But you're going to do it anyway every single year. Yeah. It's an interesting perspective to take on it. I think I think the reason I, I definitely feel it's like a stupid way of killing time is... Is, is is what am I doing with this knowledge that I'm acquiring? Like, there's no there's no use for the knowledge. Whereas I look at other ways of killing time, and I think about how you know I watch Frasier, right? The TV show Frasier. I've probably now watched that show every episode, let's yeah. say six times. And just so everyone knows, there's about ten series, and there's probably about two hundred episodes. What am I gaining? I, I'm still not really. Sh- I feel like it's like a comfort blanket. It's just quite quiet yeah. sitcom. Uh, it, it's bizarre, but I also think back to my childhood. Where, and, and before I hand it to Dane to say, like, I used to find as a child, you used to find incredibly juvenile ways to kill time. Like I used to have a a dictaphone. You know, like when before you had a mobile phone, you could have like mm-hmm. dictaphones that recorded audio. I used to take it into lessons and record the teacher talking. And then when they asked us a question, try and play back a bit of the teacher uh, to fuck the teacher off. And I look at that and think, that was really good killing of time, right? That was really smart. Like, whereas now I'm like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing when I kill my time. It just seems all a bit, I don't know, maybe that's just getting old. Yeah. I mean, look, I, th- I think what, the thing about killing time is it's, it's something that's, we're having less, we feel like we have less and less time to kill because our yeah. time is filled with, whether you're reading about Arsenal or, or on social media. So you're, so it's quite precious to you. So, you know, like killing time is, is, is kind of one thing. And, and I feel like wasting time is another. And I feel like what you've yeah. said, at the, like, like I just said, I don't feel like it's a waste at all because I feel like you need... Mm. It does to me, just so that's clear. But... Like, I'm, the, way you are with, the way you are with Fraser, I'm like that with Star Trek. Like right, I right. love... I've watched all the Star Treks. I'm talking about the right. original series, Kirk, the animated series. People don't even know exists, do right? You, do, do you or, talk to Ari Styler, by the way? Because I think you should, if you oh, don't. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, or yeah, me. Yeah. We're, we're, we're both hosts on the largest um, YouTube channel for, for Star Trek. <laughs> I'm just Trek culture, checking. mate. We're, we're all just over checking. that. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. 
Yeah, when we when me and Ori found out that we like Star Trek, it was like we like, we like the room just disappeared and we just locked eyes and we just heard like, oh <laughs> my did you, did you... love. I was like, another one. I found you, brother. Finally. On that basis, though, when you when you both find out you're both Trekkies, is the immediate yeah. second question: um, Kirk or Picard? <laughs> or Jane or, or Janeway. Um, we did speak about whose catchphrase we like the best, and and I and for me personally, I like Janeway when she says "energize." That for nice. me, it all nice. gives nice. gives me nice. little um, goose pimples on the back of my neck. Nice. I love it, goosebumps. Nice. Oh, great! But, so so like, I want to quick aside on that. Who is the best? Who's the best <laughs> black dude in uh, Star Trek? Is uh, is it Jordi LaForge? Is it Lieutenant Uhura? Cisco, Captain Cisco from Deep Cisco. Space Nine. He. Yes. Was an absolute. But uh, before I'd nerd out on Trek, because there was an there's an omnipotent <laughs> being called Q, called Q, right? Great character. And basically, he's a character that comes and he can terrorize everyone. And when he met Cisco and and they had a little, shall we say, a little, uh, it, got, it got a little bit handsy. Cisco just punched him in the face, and he turned around <laughs> and goes, "No one's ever punched me in the face." And he looked at him going, "Yeah, because I'm Cisco. I'm different to everyone else." And I just thought that <laughs> yeah. for me was his. He was on his zenith there. Cisco. Yeah, so yeah, he's nice. he, he's my favorite black character. I feel like I need to say when you say the word Cisco, isn't it a weird how much the world has changed since the thong song? <laughs> yeah. Isn't the it world is just weird. fucking think how fucking mental you would be to bring that song out now? Imagine yeah. how fucking career ending that how, would be. How risque how risque that sounded. And then yeah. Cardi Cardi B was like, <laughs> hold my thong. <laughs> 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 Let's take this up a notch. Wow. Yeah. A quick, quick yeah, side exactly. note. Uh, Thong song. The beat was originally written for Michael Jackson. Wow. But, uh, Cisco yeah, liked so, it so uh, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He pleaded to let the producers, who's I've badly the name slipped my mind, uh, pleaded for them to let them have to let him have the beat, and they let him have yeah. it. Wow. And what they forgot to do was clear the line because she was living La Vida Loca. So Ricky Martin to this day still gets a royalty from the Thong song. <laughs> Because they forgot to clear the sample so that he still gets a nice chunk. Like, Cisco doesn't do badly off of it, but Ricky Martin, because he did Living live La Vida Loca, he still gets a little bit of it as well. Fantastic. Mm. So, how, how, what stupid ways do you uh, kill time, Dane? Uh, we've, we've talked a well, bit about some of good, ours. Good ways. So stupid ways, I would say, would be, it's very simple. It's, it's social media. It's my yeah. biggest consumer of time. Like, tweak alone, uh, it's, uh, I made, allegedly, I made some disparaging remarks about a, uh, a pop singer and uh, oh yeah, that went viral. And so it doesn't have fuck all to do with R and B. That has fuck all to do with R and B. So yeah. which I stated, I felt like I stated as a matter of opinion, but I made it a point of principle to not making disparaging remarks about the person themselves, apart from maybe questioning a previous conviction they have for actual bodily harm. But what <laughs> happened was is that somehow her fans got wind of this, and I lost an entire day gas bagging back and forth with. Uh, I might as well just say Cheryl fans yeah but a bunch <laughs> of idiots well one of them even went so far as to photoshop an exchange that we had to make it look as if I had appeared to have tried to slut shame and threaten members of Girls Aloud <laughs> for God's sakes that's a bit much so yeah when we talk about wasting time then you know indulging with people who reimagine themselves on social media is a terrible waste of time it's because well I mean it's a waste of time in terms of the fact that like when you are arguing with someone online, you're not going to be able to find a resolution to your argument because mm. really that person is not really having that discourse within the paradigm of one person, one party talking to another party. Like you arguing with a fan page, it might be run by a human being, but it's really a straw man because what is it? What about this person are you debating? Or like when people make 
troll accounts and then they might say something, you respond. On the one hand, I'm like, yeah, but on the other hand, I'm like, in real life, would I be arguing with a 16-year-old about who's a better rapper? I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't give it a time of day. I wouldn't argue, I wouldn't have an argument with somebody about money whose parents buy them their underwear. Like, this is insane. But social media gives all of these uh, uh, and uh, you know, allows us to reimagine ourselves in these avatars. Mm. And, and give this kind of dialogue some kind of credibility. So I would say, yeah, I think social media is one of my wastes of time because it's like I said, on the one hand, it can be very useful and you can have something viral and it's a very, very quick way of checking a barometer of society and you can check use material that wouldn't necessarily work because it's so topical. Um, so social media can be very good. Almost in yeah. a way, as a comic, you can use social media as a gym to an extent. Marcus, we got, got to quickly come to Marcus because we, I hope we've heard enough of his ways that he kills time that are pointless. So yeah, we've, we've got some of it, but um, I just want to dive back. I just want to say a, a positive way that uh, I used to enjoy, I used to enjoy this because I found it a great way to switch off. So a way that I kill time that I kind of miss because uh, it's not something that I'm as comfortable with at the moment. And that is public transport, traveling a lot on it. I think pre-lockdown, <laughs> yeah, really well. I used to, one thing I liked about getting the tube, right, was the fact that I was disconnected from the world and it was me, maybe a newspaper, mm. maybe a, a, a podcast that I downloaded and I just felt I kind of switched off and that was a nice way to kill time uh, really, yeah. as well. That was really, point. really cool. Um, and if you're looking for something a, a, a bit more techie, I think one of the coolest things I've done to kill time for part of the show is they basically have modded these mini submarines and attached, let's say, uh, submarine engines to them that are supercharged, painted them like killer whales. And I've I've driven one of those all around the Thames and it can dive underwater, it can jump in the air. Sweet. I've never needed a sugary drink so much after uh, (laughs) 10 minutes of exhilaration before. It was like I'd gone to Thorpe Park and Chessington and Alton Towers all at once. Um, Wow. That was a great way that I killed time. That's an example of the kind of stuff that we do that's out of the studio for the show as well. So, yeah, yeah, that's a a cool way to kill time for myself. If you want something that's a little bit less me just moaning. (laughs) Listeners, give us a a shout and let us know uh, on our social media platforms how you waste time in slightly... Not, I don't know if there's meaningless, there's slightly silly ways. Um, yeah, but anyway, Dane, over to you for the final question of today's show. Um, yeah, so I was just obviously, I've been a guest on uh, How to Clear Now, it's a great podcast, and um, also obviously, Marcus and I have worked together, and it's been very interesting because we tend to chance upon one another in places where we wouldn't expect people like ourselves to be. Um, which again is a great thing, yeah, loads of times, <laughs> story of our lives. Of our lives. It's a great thing, but it's like, um, I think it's very important, your role in terms of, you know, occupying the space in terms of gadgets and technology and making people aware of tech and STEM industries. Um, and I, I say that to say this, I was, on, the way, on the way home, yeah, I was thinking about, do you know, Akon has a city in Africa mm-hmm. where he said it's going to be all solar powered and provide power to over like 200 yes. million Africans, which is amazing. And uh, it made me think, if there is a capability within that, why that's not happening everywhere else? But I guess the main question, my main question is about, obviously we've seen with like the pandemic and stuff, infrastructure is going to change significantly. Automation is also going to change the way our labor labor forces work and stuff as well. Would that be too morbid? I was going to say like, are there like maybe, so far as like change and have a direct effect on infrastructure and society, are there like five emerging technologies slash gadgets that you're looking forward to appearing 
uh, for commercial use. Yes, yes. I think about this kind of stuff all the time and I think it's super important. And I've heard you mention, both of you, uh, Howard and, and Dana, I've, I've heard you mention sustainability in the future. And I think some of these uh, variations of tech that exists, but them existing in a format that actually means that they're viable. So, for example, let's look at, before I get into them, mobile phones have been around for years, right? Mm. But it wasn't until you didn't need a briefcase to carry your phone that it became something that was a real a, a real product of uh, of should we say something that something that actually helped us really before it was just something you showed off with really oh i've got a suitcase there's a phone in it i can call you from outside the house right mm-hmm. but so for so in that in that with that respect i think solar technology needs to develop to a degree where we can realistically actually ourselves as consumers individuals have solar panels on our properties Mm. so that we can power our houses not to a point where shall we have a cup of tea or watch the tv to a point where i can run the hot tap and Mm. feel fine about having a bath and knowing that it's it's solar powered and there are a few people that have actually managed to almost get to this point and i'm I'm really passionate about this subject so thank you for Mm. asking this thing there's a few people that have managed to install enough solar panels uh, to create a farm where they're putting energy back onto the grid and they're small mm-hmm. businesses. They're not just, you know, the, the big energy giants. And there is, uh, there's somebody that I'm, I'm, I don't know if I can say too much about them, but they have enough leftover energy to heat their pool, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't cost anyone anything. So I'm really passionate about that. So I can't wait until we realistically can have solar power that powers everything around us without us having to to burn things. I think it's mm-hmm. it's it's a shame that the industry is set up so that we still need to burn fossil fuels. And there's a lot of cool technology out there, like electric vehicles that run on clean energy. But I always say, where's the clean energy come from? So I think I really can't wait for that to happen. Uh, and obviously with, 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 with solar, uh, solar power, obviously there's wind and there's also water that we can use to create energy as well. So I think that's great. Um, and another technology that I think I'd really want us to develop is, I'd like, it's obvious now that our climate is going through some rough, it's okay. rough stages at the it's moment look, it's, it's quite it's looking quite peak yeah I mean there's things well, did, that sound did, did anybody yeah. else see August yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was a mad August that's a that's the yeah. greatest August I've seen I think in recorded memory like yeah. I've never seen I've never seen an August that great boy that was a bit wild yeah it was it was it was it's it's I mean look like you said it in jest but I know you are 100% serious Dane we're seeing biblical things happen yeah, across the world things happen. you know and yeah there's people that are making light of it like the gentleman that was on a on a little uh, uh, inflatable floating through New York you know chilling out drinking yeah. a martini or whatever but it's a city that is not meant to have that amount of water on it not you know what I mean all. anyway yeah. um, I digress I, but I think I think that these things happening in the in western world and in developed cities means that we're going to have to think about ways of controlling climate maybe on a local basis and also making sure that we protect our own resources when it comes to creating food because you have too much water can't grow crops if it's too hot can't grow crops you know we need those to to feed ourselves so if we can get those sorted out i would really like to see that technology and this is a bit kumbayari shared with the developing countries out there that mm-hmm. have extreme weather right have live with it so if, if, if we can sort that out on our side we can share that technology so that's the technology that i really would like to see shared and obviously this is me speaking from the mind of somebody who's watched Star Trek where, you know, they live in a world where they don't have to pay for anything and, you know, food's just abundant. Um, but I'd really like to get there with technology. Um, 
And in terms of communication as well, oh, I, oh God, I sound like I'm just reeling off stuff from stuff from Star Trek. I would, I want to communicate, man. I want something yeah, I put yeah. in my ear. A Japanese yeah. man speaks to me, and I hear him say, "Hello, Marcus. How are you today?" And I say <laughs> something back to him, and he hears me in Japanese. What? How, how far? How far? Google how far almost away? there, but I want it now. Yeah, we're, are we almost there? Because Google are almost, we're almost there. there. It's, it's, yeah, it's like there. a bit of a delay. It's there's a yeah, bit yeah. of a delay. Like I don't think I could go up to a Japanese man and say, "Yeah, what's that?" And then fan, we good. And he's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, yeah cool, cool," and spun yeah. me. He's not gonna understand that. No, 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 but, no, um, no right away. It's, Marcus, it's, come it's, on, mate. Come on, mate. I'm sorry, mate. I'm not having that. Teleporter. Come on, mate. Teleporter. <laughs> what are you chatting about the communicator for? God, you telling me? The fucking, what was I telling you? A three hour round, six hour round trip to Bradford last night or whatever it yeah. was. Come on, mate. Teleporter, please. You know what, Howard? When you said that, my mind just went to the sandwiches that I forget at the office. <laughs> when I get home, I'm like, yeah, teleport back. <laughs> totally fine Howard, now. Not yeah, an issue. They're not, they're not far off that either. There's, there has been yeah. some research where, because in order for um, teleporting to work, Howard, essentially mm. you're, you have to disintegrate and then you're... Um, yeah, molecules have to not be far off that, by the way. But anyway, yeah, and then, and then have to be reconstituted. So, oh, yeah. but then obviously, is the being obviously human beings and any living organism is a massively, massively complex uh, uh, being. Oh yeah. So I think what they've been able to do is teleport like an electron so far. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 We'll get it started because, like I said, as te- remember how it's like there's quantum physics in terms of like two things can't occupy the same space, time and space at the same time. Right. So that's why you yeah. have to be disintegrated and then recreated listen, somewhere. And stuff but as well. you know what? Science. Listen. No offense. Get fucking get on with it, will you? Like, what are you doing? Because you're wasting time on stupid shit. Wasting all this time on vaccines and shit like that. Get a fucking proper job. Come on, mate. Good point. Good point. Um, Come on. It's it's interesting, though, isn't it, to think... I mean, also, by the way, Marcus, you should probably meet my wife um, uh, to talk about this stuff, obviously, not just for any random reason. I was like, wow, okay. That's that's an advanced technological (laughs) phenomenon. (laughs) As as listeners will know, my my wife runs a website that is all about uh, sustainable shopping and, and... products that are built to last yeah. and stuff and it's very much fundamentally kind of trying to drive that narrative that you're talking about where, where and, it, and these things do feed into each other because if you did have teleporters suddenly fossil fuels being used for travel seems like a fucking yeah. joke right so yeah there we go yeah yeah, yeah. and that's isn't that's it interesting powering teleporters and stuff of- as well Mm. Exactly, exactly. And is it interesting that out of all of our technologies, things have, have I'd say things have progressed and moved forward. The internet's faster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the way we can access information is faster, but travel has actually become slower. Like the Concorde mm. yeah. doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And, you, yeah. you know, hovercrafts. So someone said to me the other day, like, people don't really fuck with hovercrafts that much. And, but that being said, hoverboards, like, we're mm. not, I mean, I'm not happy with where we are, if I'm honest. Society, and again, as Howard has said, Scientists, come on, guys! Like, yeah. who, why are you still wasting time putting silicone into sex dolls' breasts? Like, c- can we focus, please? Um, mm. Mm. But the motor, the electric scooters, I feel like mm. it's it's we're, we're almost there. But I'm yeah. saying, if we now have electric scooters, yeah, and then you have uh, drones, mm-hmm. personal drones, right? A personal mm-hmm. dr- and drones can like deliver goods by now. We can't be too far off a prototype. Which allows people to have a hoverboard, but uh, sure. maybe we think about what the hazard in, the hazard involved in that is. But then again, I th- I, I think you know, so far as reducing emissions through um, vehicles, I think that's a I think that I think that's a um, I think hoverboards when hoverboards when they finally do come out will come with a sports almanac and a uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it could rubber. definitely happen. It could, I, I definitely see it happening. But I feel like the use of drones 
Drone, drones, that's got to be a definitely an emerging technology that's on, on that's exponentially increasing. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the, I mean, drones. All right, so this is this is where it gets a little bit spooky. So this is real tech that exists. So people have uh, managed to put the following things on drones in separate circumstances. So drones with special omnidirectional microphones that can pick up human distress calls. So if there is yeah. a problem. Or yep, yep. if there's a victim, you can find them. Uh, there's also drones that um, you ca- that they've uh, put sensors on that can pick up differences in chemicals in the air, which is smell. Right. Um, and they've also, with AI and visual techniques, you can also have drones which can recognize the difference between humans and animals and inanimate objects as well. Wow. So drone technology is definitely got a lot of flavors that are being added into it which could be used for the good but there's also a lot of interest uh, from military companies as well who think that this technology is yeah. fantastic <laughs> yeah. but you know all of this incredible... you, you, you combine a drone with like you know and it just needs facial recognition and stuff like that brother and there's nowhere to hide man it or just needs red like, eyes and to be that. shaped like a human being and to be called a T-1000 and we're there brother <laughs> yeah. we're almost we're not, there yeah, we're, not, we're, we're almost there you know I, I, I say we're not too far <laughs> off have you We're seen this boy? Um, but just, I mean, to say one thing, though, is, is that, you know, you, we've talked about these incredible advancements in technology, right? And yeah, yeah, when I go to a hotel, I have to stand around like a fucking idiot watching this fucking <laughs> conveyor belt of toasting nonsense every fucking time, right? Why? How the fuck? And I don't mean to get angry about toast, right? But like... That conveyor belt, when you're at the hotel and you're like, okay, some geezer's put his toast in, right? Cool. What I'll do now is I'll put my toast in next. I don't know whose toast it is, but we're both going to end up with toast really, really slowly. Why is toasting yeah. never advanced? And then there's that. Marcus, there's that, there's that there's, Marcus, come on, stand up for your fucking a, industry. What's going on with my toast? Mark, Marcus, I apologise that Howard can't handle the very slight awkwardness that you get at breakfast buffets. You know, when you're waiting for the toast and someone's like... Hungry, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll know that Howard's internal monologue is raging yeah, exactly. whilst he's selecting his jam. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like, I've got everything else ready here on yeah, the plate. Like, I've got five exactly. people doing toast in a fucking conveyor belt. It's crazy. What I don't know, Howard. To be honest, Howard, there's got to be another way. Whoever can find a more energy efficient way of toasting bread. Because remember, mm. that like infrared as well, that's low, that's actually used quite a lot of energy, toasters. Mm. Yeah, for energy conversion. So there's probably a um alternative somebody is working on. Solar power toasters. This is what I'm saying, bro. There we go. Mm. There we go. It it does take a lot of energy to heat something up. So so mm. my my um uh my uncle actually is is into this stuff as well, and he's kind of sparked my love for it. And he said that one of the worst things to try and power when he was trying to get into solar was trying to heat something up like toast or boil a yeah. kettle. He says you'd be Oh, yeah, energy conversion. Yeah, energy conversion. Yeah, even in households, appliances like your yeah. your they, energy, energy conversion, particularly for heat, that's that uses yeah. all the, mo- the most it's energy. Insane, so. it's insane. So I think for me, like to, to to sum up my answer is like the the big thing I want is I want sustainability, but I want to have mm. my cake and eat it in the fact that I want mm. us to still live life like we do now. I want Howard. Definitely. I want you to have quick toast. Thanks, yeah. man. Oh. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Just I don't want you to hurt the environment at the same time. Yeah. As Marcus is right, you know, because you know what we need to do, yeah? I think there needs to be some kind of, this is an idea I had, yeah? If there's some kind of STEM or technological index, yeah, that allows you to apply for subsidies. So if you have a government, like a United government, um, in the same, and the way, I, way the premise for this is kind of based on the idea of like nuclear proliferation. So if you have all countries coming together, like G14, whatever, and the idea is that you, you liaise with banks or cryptocurrency, whatever, and you can financially incentivize either small to medium enterprises to have more sustainable stuff, mm. or alternatively, you set forth a protocol for most nations. So let's say, for example, 
um, it's a nation that's based in like, you know, north of the Sahara. Mm. And you're like, if you plant this many trees, then you qualify for subsidies for like aid and stuff like that, towards infrastructure. Or if you're a country that uses like wind power or you try to use like hydroelectricity, then you can be, uh, countries collectively work together to subsidize you improving on that infrastructure. As part of that as well, I think it should be a global mandate, which is as strict as like nuclear proliferation. Any member of the UN, NATO or G14 that has municipal buildings like hospitals, police stations, fire departments, all of those should have solar panels. All yeah. government uh, all um, government housing or affordable housing should also have solar panels. And not that they necessarily have to subsist, subsist on them. Yeah. I don't understand why if you're a government and budget is probably one of your biggest uh, issues on a daily basis, if you can reduce emissions and reduce your cost to having these buildings, these, you know, which are required, but to plug into your power grid, then it makes no sense why you wouldn't have them. All. And, and if, if nothing else, just as a contingency plan. Yeah. Because if your grid ever goes out, like it did in Texas, you have access to an alternate energy source that can keep people alive. It's so, a very, right. very, very wise point. And one day, Dame Baptiste, uh, MP of, uh, of, of, of South of Solar Party. Yeah, yeah so, solar so exactly. Party. Or the Green yeah. Party. Because you, um, you know you know as well, yeah. You know, because you know they can get... Because they can now make bags, like, you know, like plastic bags, but they can use like a form of like sap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the kind of thing that we need to just move our... And I always have to do it, Howard, for the catchphrase, collective consciousness towards yeah, this. There we go. There's your bingo card. Yeah, guys. exactly. But I we need to move towards it whereby we almost rewarded and incentivize nations and businesses now at this point of sustainability because it's required to a climate crisis. I was about to say, we're, we're fucked. Them. So this is important. Yeah, we're fucked. So it's, important. it's important enough because like, at the moment, it's like, you think someone like Elon Musk who's already, you know, financed the production of Teslas, it'd be, a, it'd be axiomatic for him to work towards something else. Like, I think it would make sense. Why not have set up a, a railroad or infrastructure in California or in, you know, in California have some coppicing or you can use drones to like plant seeds and stuff like that as well. And they can, you know, determine salinity of like soil and stuff like that and begin this um, replenishment process on a global scale. Like I think even in Ethiopia, they were doing like tree planting they, and in Sudan, they're doing replanting of trees and stuff like that as well. So, do you know who I'll give a shout out to uh, before we go? Is uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Qatar. Uh, that's <laughs> that's not very regular. Um, but do, you know, they got in all the trouble for the World Cups, uh, they're, yeah. you know, because they basically kill all their workers. Although, funnily enough, go back over the last four World Cups and the countries have all killed a lot of their workers making the stadiums. But Qatar went, oh, this is bad PR, and they started making hats for their workers. That, re- that basically check their temperature and cooled them down. And they've actually even gone further now and made T-shirts, right, that the players are going to wear, but also some of the workers have apparently been wearing, that checks your ECG. So if you're taking your body to a place where you can't, you're going to basically die or <laughs> or be, uh, you know, in, in real trouble, they are, um, they've got these ECG T-shirts now. So it's um big, uh, big shout out to Qatar. I think that's fantastic. But it's could you imagine that? Like, boss, boss, I feel knackered. I'm really hot and I just don't feel right today. Your boss looks at this little iPad and goes, <laughs> nah, mate, your ECG is fine well, and you're only half a degree over. Get back all, to work. How about you already, got, you already got the health icon on Apple on your iPhone. <laughs> yeah, so we're, yeah, not yeah. we're not too far off, which I'm saying. Yeah. Like, if, if you can have it in your phone and your phone can monitor you your how many steps and stuff you take a day, mm-hmm. then who knows who they're who sending that information to? Knows. So you're so you're kind of, and that's the thing is that if we are giving our ghost to the machine and it's monitoring us, then you, like you said, someone might be like, I feel under the weather, and according yeah. to your readings, you're not. And once you get to that point, then it gets uh, really bad, man. But um, yeah, man, I'm glad to see there's there's, there's the stuff you're looking forward to the most. I was thinking, like, what about because for me, I don't know what am I still looking forward to. 
I think I think I'm with you. The, the universal the universal translator is the, is the one I think I'm looking for. Uh, classic. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. Um, there there has been a lot in this show, Dane, and Marcus has been a fucking top guest, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's just a homie, man. It's like you know, I feel like with Marcus and Kay, you're. It's just like you know, uh, how can I? It's like it's like working with Missy and Timberland, mm. and you know, it's, it's that kind of job. It, it, we'll do a pod just, crossover at some point, maybe. This is yeah, what I mean, kind of... and I, it'd be crazy if we didn't do that. Like you know, as I said, it's like it's fun. Deep space. It's like imagine it'd be Deep Space Nine meets Voyager meets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe I mean... not, but maybe not Enterprise, Marcus. I don't know how you felt about that, but for me, mm. Scott Bakula. In science fiction, uh, it's, it's always going to be quantum leap for me. Yeah, always yeah. going to be quantum leap. Yeah, yeah. Stick to quantum leap. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, but Mar- Marcus, um, you've got to tell the people where to listen to this podcast. We've mentioned a, a fair few times on the show. So yeah, there's, there's two podcasts. How, How to Kill an Hour is, is one of the podcasts where we talk about uh, tech, timeless tech stories. So there's uh, a story about Xbox Underground, which is a bunch of uh, teenagers. The recent episode we dropped where they started hacking into Xboxes and ended up stealing government secrets uh, the, before they were 20 years old. It's a rough story. Uh, that's an episode to check out. And then there's a brand new podcast called Ain't Got a Clue. Me and the homie uh, K-Curd, uh, obviously good friends with you guys as well. Did he, did he do your first episode of your first show? And yeah, first and First and He's a hilariously funny guy as well, obviously like Dane. And Ain't Got A Clue is a podcast where we take a quiz question, we give each other the answer to it, and using clever conversation and amazing sound design, we make sure that everybody at the end of the episode remembers it. There's episodes about uh, a, a children's toy which funded the KKK, which is about to drop by the time this episode comes out. Oh, there shit. is, a, Yeah, it's a rough one. But it's a funny one as well at the same time. Uh, in points. Uh, there's also a uh, episode about Marmites, the origins of that. And there's an episode about how octopuses have nine brains. And that isn't the craziest thing about them. So that's Ain't Got A Clue, myself and K-Curd, wherever you get your podcasts. I bring the facts, he brings the funny. Well done, man! What a, what a show! I'm gonna, I'm you know, quite excited definitely, to have a proper listen to it. Definitely recommend it, guys. If you have, uh, if you want to kill an hour or two, then you have Dane Baptist questions everything and ain't got a clue. So enjoy. And Marcus, bro, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming through. Appreciate and uh, it, man. obviously, we'll stay in touch. And um, I'll see you soon, bro. Yeah, man. Look forward to the crossover episodes. Bye. Absolutely. Thanks, bro. You've been listening to Dane Baptist questions everything. Hosted by Dane Baptiste. For more from Dane, go to danebaptiste.co.uk or follow him on Twitter at DaneBaptweets or Instagram at DaneSnaptiste. Our guest was Marcus Bronzy. You can follow Marcus on Twitter and Instagram at Marcus Bronzy. The show was produced by me, Howard Cohen. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Howard Cohen. The show is mixed and mastered by Audio Culture. You can follow Audio Culture on Instagram at We Are Audio Culture. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DBQE Podcast. Thanks to Polly, Gelly, and the ACAST team for all their support. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything. <laughs>